Alright, what is up? Welcome to episode number 22 of Beef's Beef. Uh, I have a little bit to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the uh, Louisville-Wake Forest game, the Kentucky-West Virginia game. And uh, as I was sitting here, you know, doing some some research or looking over some notes from the other day, uh, ESPN, I have it on ESPN and uh, SportsCenter actually flips on a breaking news thing. I was like, okay, I don't wonder, I wonder what this is about. And it says Clippers Pistons engage in trade talks for Blake Griffin. Kind of a surprising thing because uh, all you hear here lately is how uh, DeAndre Jordan is on the trade block and and all this stuff. And you kind of wonder if the Pistons do get Blake Griffin. What kind of, I mean, really, what kind of piece does that make? I mean, I guess it's kind of like him and DeAndre Jordan fitting together in, in Los Angeles. But I don't know. I mean, I think obviously I think. Uh, Big guy in Detroit, for some reason my mind's going blank. Big guy in Detroit's a lot better. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what the the Pistons are going to have to give up some solid pieces. I guess this is where they try to move Avery Bradley. And, and I mean, who else would they give up? Maybe something like a Stanley Johnson. Uh, but, you know, what was brought up to me was a very good point by my cousin. He says, you know, if they give that up, it doesn't really make sense for them because they still need a point guard because of, you know, the injury troubles with theirs all the time. So, kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Um, again, I don't know what they'll give up for him. I'm guessing Avery Bradley will be inserted in that trade at some in some source or some form or fashion. Um, but I don't know. It doesn't. The trade really doesn't make that much sense to me. I don't, I don't know. To me, I've never really been a big fan of Blake Griffin. I've always thought he was pretty overhyped. Um, doesn't really have any post moves. He has it. He has extended his jump shot, but really outside of that, he, when once he hurt his knee, he really hasn't been that great of a player. Um, this doesn't really make a lot of sense to me to try to trade for him. But then again, the Clippers are terrible anyway. Uh, I don't know. It just it didn't really make sense. The point guard I was talking about was Reggie Jackson. He does seem to get hurt a lot. Uh, he's been hurt pretty much everywhere he's been. But I don't know that. To not really go after a point guard or at least try to lock down Avery Bradley and get rid of maybe Reggie Jackson, even though Reggie Jackson is hurt, like I said. But I don't know. That doesn't really make much sense. I mean, they have a losing record. Maybe they're hoping this will push them towards the playoffs. I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, the center is Andre Drummond. I don't know why my mom, my mind went blank, too. Uh, Andre Drummond and, and Blake Griffin beside each other, I guess, could be a decent tandem. But then again, you... I don't know, what does it help? Maybe get the double team off of Andre Drummond some? Uh, I'm not really sure how long uh, how long Andre Drummond will be there. Uh, I think he kind of sees his days are numbered there because he doesn't, he doesn't really feel like he's growing to win titles there. I don't know. He may end up staying there for his whole career because he knows he can continue to get paid there. There's some guys that don't really care about winning championships and all they care about is getting money. I'm not saying he's one of those guys, but who knows. So... Over the weekend, Louisville played Wake Forest, uh, played them at home. Uh, I predicted a 15-20 to 20 point win. Louisville won by 19. Not toot my own horn, but uh, I don't know. Wake Forest is just not a very good team. Uh, with that win and Duke's loss to Virginia at home, it puts Louisville in sole possession of, of second place in the ACC, which, you know, like I've said multiple times, we didn't see that. We definitely didn't see that coming with how the season started, losing to Purdue on the road, losing to 
Um, Seton Hall at home, you know, losing to every ranked team and then getting blown out by Kentucky. Just didn't really see it coming. And even after losing to Clemson, I don't know. It just it's a, been a pleasant surprise with how this team is. Uh, it's been a pleasant surprise with how this team has improved. Um, this team is is becoming a fun team to watch. Um, they took that big lead in that game against Wake Forest, and it, it was awesome to watch them actually have fun again. And this was this was a game where you didn't really feel like anybody played bad. Uh, everyone may not have shot well, like uh, Malik Williams shot one of seven, and Honest Mahmoud shot four of eleven. But you didn't really feel like anybody played bad. Uh, seven total turnovers for, as a team, which is big because we had 20 total assists. So a 20 to 7 ratio is it's almost 3 to 1, which is fantastic to have. Um, you score 96 points, only give up 77. So shoot, you shoot 14 of 17 from the free throw line. You get to play your your uh, walk-ons at the end of the game. To me, it was just it was a great game for us. It was what we needed. Uh, Mounting back from that heartbreaker against uh, Miami at Miami. Hopefully, again, I I, I sit uh, my buddy at work. He'll, he'll always ask me, you know, what do you think we're going to do? And I told him that I think we end the season with five losses in the ACC. Uh, so that would be three more losses. I think the one this Wednesday uh, against Virginia will be one of those losses. Uh, Virginia's tough. I mean, they're not 9-0 for no reason. Uh, they have one loss on the season. And I believe that loss was to West Virginia at West Virginia. So, so I mean, their one loss is not a bad loss. Uh, they just beat Duke in Cameron, which is one of the toughest things to do. One, because they're always, they're almost always a good team. And two, it's tough to get calls there. And yes, their one loss is to West Virginia uh, at West Virginia on December 5th. So, uh, I mean, they've beat Let's just see that some of the teams they beat. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat the breaks off of Vanderbilt. Uh, Rhode Island, which I think is maybe ranked now, uh, beat uh, North Carolina by twelve. Have beat beat NC State, who just beat North Carolina at North Carolina. Beat Clemson sixty-one to thirty-six. That's good lord. That's a that's a crazy score. And again, they just won in Cameron Indoor. So. That game Wednesday is going to be a very very tough game. Um, it was it was good to see uh, some of the players play well that did play well Saturday though. I mean VJ hasn't been playing that well. Shot seven of nine, one of two from the three point line, and I remember that one three because he's running to get back on defense. Sees a sees an errant pass, goes steals it, pulls up right on the three point line, not even hesitation, just shoots a three and goes in, and the whole bench goes nuts. And Wake when Wake Forest calls a timeout right then, so. I mean, that was just a fun game to watch if you're a Louisville fan because you finally see them having fun again. And not to say that they didn't have fun in the in the Miami game, but you could just tell the how upset Padgett was after that game because he knew uh, getting a win on the road in this conference is never an easy thing. And when you have a chance to do that uh, against a high-caliber team like Miami, you know, you want to finish. So it's never fun, especially when you feel like you lose a game instead of getting beat. But I mean, you gotta give you gotta give credit to Miami. They made the plays down the stretch to to take that win. And I don't know. I, I'm glad we bounced back against Wake Forest. This is kind of the game we needed to go in between those two games to go up against, uh, you know, the likes of Virginia. Uh, 
And after Virginia, I mean, we start a pretty tough part of our schedule. After Virginia, we got Florida State at home, Syracuse at home, Georgia Tech at home, at Pittsburgh, which is not a tough game, and then uh, North Carolina at home, at Duke, at Virginia Tech, Virginia at home. So we still got some tough games, you know, coming up that are not going to be easy or not going to be guaranteed wins. Um, Again, like I said, I did predict that we would finish with five losses in the conference. Uh, This was right before the Florida State game. I predicted the Florida State win. I predicted – I've predicted every game so far correctly. Uh, I did predict the the Virginia loss this Wednesday. And then uh, coming up after that, I'll just go through the ones that I predicted. So – uh, I did predict us to lose to Virginia. I predicted I predict us to beat Florida State, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, lose to UNC and Duke, win at Virginia Tech, beat Virginia, beat NC State. So that's that's my uh, predictions for the rest of the season. Again, we'll see how that goes. Um, I feel pretty strongly about it. I, I feel like maybe if we squeak one of those out against UNC or Duke, we'll probably drop another one. And I think that when you get that you know that five losses that would put us at, I believe, thirteen and five in the conference. Uh, that would, I pretty much think that would lock you up with a double bye in, the, in that because, I mean, you already have the top four right now: nine and zero Virginia, Louisville six and two, Duke six and three, Clemson six and three, then Florida State, North Carolina, NC State, Miami, Syracuse, Virginia Tech all have four losses. So I mean, you already got, you're you're a half a game ahead of Duke and Clemson. Uh, you're a game and a half ahead of Florida State, North Carolina, NC State. I feel like with those games, I think you can you can make a good run because North Carolina and Duke still haven't played each other. They usually split. That would put North Carolina at five losses. That would put Duke at five losses or at four losses just right there. Uh, I mean, if I had to predict who I think the top four is going to be, I'm, I'm, Virginia I think is going to win the conference uh, unless something crazy happens. Uh, Duke would probably finish second. Uh, let's see who I, us up there. I don't know who I, I don't know where I would put us. Maybe third or fourth, and then um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Florida State. I think Florida State will end up will end up pulling out the uh, the four seed there, and all four of us will get the double eyes. That's my prediction. Uh, I don't I didn't look at their schedule to see you know what kind of schedule they have remaining to see any type of anything like that but that's just my prediction if you want my top my double by prediction for the ACC tournament but like I said we do have Virginia coming up on Wednesday uh it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game we I don't know we never beat them for some reason it's you know there's certain teams that always have another team's number um it seems it seems as though you know we we go to Notre Dame and until this year we don't win there. Uh, it seems like we kind of have Syracuse's number and for some reason Virginia has our has our number. If you look at the matchup predictor, ninety one percent for Virginia. Not surprising. Uh, I mean they average giving up fifty two points a game. They they don't do that for for no reason and it's not just like this this year. They do this every season. Uh, they've won twelve games in a row and. They've beat some solid teams. I mean, going into this game, and, and their arena is not very big. Um, Capacity is 14,593. So it's not a big arena, so everyone's packed in on you. Um, 
So, I mean, I hope we can get this win. If we get this big, this win, it'll obviously be the biggest win we've had all season. Um, Florida State right now is our is our key win. So, if you can beat Virginia, you know, knock them knock them down a, a total. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to say that we are going to beat them. I don't think that they'll blow us out. I know they blew out Clemson, uh, and they they've beaten they've beaten us pretty bad before. But normally you think of a Virginia team and you don't really think of them blowing people out, uh, at least big-time teams. They have blown out some teams this year, but normally it seems like it's a grinded-out game. They win by 9 or 10 down the stretch because they, they, they don't miss free throws and stuff like that. It does seem like this year, though, they have won by more. Uh, beating Georgia Tech by 16. Again, beating Clemson 61-36. to 36. Wake by 10. Uh NC State by 17, uh, Virginia Tech by 26, uh, Hampton by 24, uh, Savannah State by 31. They've, they've beaten some teams pretty bad. Uh, but, again, do I think we can win the game on Wednesday? Yes. Do I think we will? No, I don't think we will. Uh, still going to watch it. Of course, I'm still going to cheer. And I'll be the first one to admit that I was wrong if we do, if we do win. Again, I don't want the team to go in there with that attitude that we're not going to win, but... I think we do split the season series with Virginia, and I think we get the win back here. So, um, I don't know. I'm I, I'm excited to see it because, again, this team has surprised us in a lot of ways. Maybe they can surprise us and get this one. Who knows? Uh, another little newsworthy or little noteworthy thing today is Louisville did finally hire a uh, defensive coordinator. We hired uh, – the former defensive coordinator from Notre Dame. Uh, some people like to say he looks like Uncle Rico. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of mixed emotions about it. Uh, Brian Van Gorder is his name. He was fired two games into the season two years ago. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't tell you that I've done enough research to really tell you how I feel about him. Uh, the only things that I've really heard is that he kind of had a, um, a a tough defense to learn. I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, we lose a lot. We lose a lot on defense. And, I mean, the biggest thing is just, I mean, can we get the simple things done? I felt like last year with Sermon, you know, you, you got a, a third and two, third and three play, and then you look over and the DBs are five to six yards off, off the receiver. I mean, what what part of that do you not realize that they're just going to do a comeback route for two, three yards and, and get the first down? I don't know. A lot of the things last year didn't make sense with me with Sermon. Um, and then, you know, we start to play well again towards the end of the season when we get uh, Jair Alexander back, which I think really that's the only reason we started playing better is because Jair made that big of a difference with how inept that defense was because of the bad play calling. Um because if you look at the bowl game, we went right back to the way we were. And that's why we lost to a team that we shouldn't have lost to with, you know, with the best quarterback we've ever had here. So it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what what happens. Um, he has a way better resume than what Sermon did when, when Sermon came in here and everyone had complaints about it. So, I mean, it's obvious that he's been places. Um, it's I don't know. I, again, I, it remains to be seen. I'm excited because we got a hire there, uh, and he's obviously done some things right because of the places that he's coached. Um, 
So, I mean, let's – I want to give him a chance. Uh, I know he's been at Oklahoma State. Uh, he's been – he's been at Notre Dame. <clears throat> Again, he's been he's been in a lot of places. Uh, he's been in the NFL for the Falcons, been for the, in the NFL for the Jaguars. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, hopefully things turn around for our defense because, like I said, we did lose a whole lot and – Really, I feel like the only the only way to go with this defense is up. So, um, the other thing that that happened Saturday when Louisville was playing uh, Louisville was playing Wake Forest during the the Kentucky game started, and you know I I'm, I'm not a Kentucky fan. Uh, everyone that knows me knows I'm nowhere near a Kentucky fan, but everyone that knows me knows that I'm a level headed fan, and that I'm not too good to not give credit where it's due. Um, you had a Kentucky team that at times this season has looked unreal, like when they beat the brakes off of us in Rupp Arena. Um, then you have them looking just absolutely terrible like they did in the first half of this West Virginia game. And then enter the last, the second half of this West Virginia game, you know, you're down 17 points at one time, just chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped and chipped away at the lead and they're coming out with a win. Um, I referenced, you know, my podcast from Friday or my episode from Friday. I said this would be the toughest place that Kentucky's going to play on the road. I still stand behind that. Um, I don't know what the deal is, to be Harmson honest with you. Uh, West Virginia is normally not a team to do that. You know, they get up with that press. They kind of just wear on you. And then that press just keeps wearing and keeps wearing until you just break. Kentucky withstood the runs and did all that stuff and then came back, got the win, and got a huge win on the road. I mean, beating West Virginia on the road is always a good win. Uh, I mean, this year they're number seven. You beat them, like I said, you beat number seven on the road and you were down 17 points. Uh, so. I mean, there you go. You, you, get, you get a good win. And just got a just got a message. It looks like the Clippers did did make the trade. That's what it looks like. So it looks like Blake Griffin has been traded to the Pistons with Tobias for Tobias Harris and Avery Bradley. Um, interesting trade to say the least. Um, not really. I don't know. I'm not really sure what that does for the Clippers. But I mean, maybe the Clippers think, okay, we can get Avery Bradley to resign because he's a big fan of of Doc Rivers. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, it's it's still an interesting trade. Uh, and there it is. Yeah, the Clippers agree to trade Blake Griffin to the Pistons. Griffin under contract through 2020 or 20. 21 season so interesting trade there uh i mean we'll see what happens but you know off of those games saturday uh there's always the the mid-season or you know yeah bracketology and uh joe lenardi released his bracketology today and of course just like always they have louisville and kentucky in the same bracket uh, four one seeds are Villanova, Virginia, Kansas, Purdue. Again, I think Kansas is overrated. I will not state that enough. 
I think Kansas is overrated. I think the Big 12 is not very good. Um, I don't know. I just – we'll see. I don't – I'm not a big fan of Oklahoma. They have Oklahoma as a three seed. Don't really think they're that good. But, again, we'll see. Uh, but they have – Kentucky's a five seed playing, uh, playing against a 12, Boise State or NC State in the play-in. And they have Louisville as a six playing a dangerous Middle Tennessee Middle Tennessee team. Middle Tennessee is always a dangerous team. And if they win, it would be kind of cool because if if seeds hold well, and this is correct, uh, Kentucky would play West Virginia again. And Louisville would play uh, old rival Cincinnati. Uh, they have Gonzaga as a seven. Michigan State is the two. Uh, again, Virginia is the one in that. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's, I do always like keeping up with this. A lot of people are like, I don't even know why they do the bracketology. It's dumb. I like looking at it, to be honest and honest with you. Uh, it's just fun to look at. You know, you never know what it, what it's going to be like. So just to kind of keep up with it and, and and see, you know, where they think your team's going to go and, and all that type of stuff, to me, it's, it's a fun thing to look at. So uh, I know I spoke on the uh, Michigan State stuff on Friday, and I really feel like um, – I didn't. I didn't know that much about it, and because really there wasn't that much stuff out about it until um, until Friday after I got done with the episode, and then I watched the outside the outside the lines report, and uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the outside the lines report. It's to be honest with you, it's sickening. I'm I, like I said Friday. I won't go into any detail. Um, I do kind of applaud Magic Johnson for for stepping up and and you know making the statement that he did today. Uh, you know he basically said if anyone was aware that all that stuff was happening, that it doesn't matter who it is, they need to be fired. Uh, you know he's saying he stands with all the victims and everything, and uh, I don't know. It's a it's a terrible situation. Uh, I hope whatever is whatever is supposed to happen happens. Uh, I hope whoever put these people through this stuff, you know, justice is is served. Um, and you know, if some of this stuff is wrongfully accused, then I hope that comes out as well. Uh, it, it's just a tough situation. Um, I do want to apologize for comparing it to Louisville at all because after I watched more of it, it's just a situation that you shouldn't compare these types of things because at the end of the day, it's about the it's about the people that went through this stuff. It's not about sports or anything like that but I, I don't know it, this is it's a tough stuff it's tough stuff to see and uh, I hope whatever is supposed to happen happens and that nothing is overlooked and, and and people feel at the end of the day that justice was served because again I can't I'm I feel like I'm just rambling here but it's because they're showing on the TV right now it's it's sickening and I can't believe that that happens um, but I'm gonna go into my beef today and uh, it's it's something I read earlier, and it's uh, it made me it made me a little bit uh, it made me a little bit mad. So you know you always see people talking about Tom Brady and never really talking well. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying anybody talk bad about him today because I feel like most people would would come to the, his defense in this. But uh, I, I'm sure some people will. Um, try to dog him for it. So, Tom Brady uh, was set to do an interview with 
uh, a radio station in Boston, WEEI. And uh, he recently had a show come out on Facebook, which I know a lot of people don't realize that uh, there are Facebook shows and all that stuff. That And his show is actually very good. I know it's because I'm a Brady fan, but I'm one of those guys that likes the inside stuff, like the facts that it shows... Um, you know, him training and doing all that stuff. I don't know. I like that type of stuff. You may not like it. I'm a big Brady fan, and I feel like anybody that was doing this, I would watch it. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's on Facebook. It's called Tom vs. Time. But that's a sad note. I shouldn't be pumping up something else, but it's all good. So Brady was scheduled to come on there, and he comes on there, and then as he comes on there, he finds out that one of the guys that uh, – that is doing the interview with him uh, on the Kirk and Callahan show said some stuff about his five-year-old daughter and called her a pissant. Uh, he's his name is Alex Reimer and said on the on a different show last week because the, the episode two did just come out this past week or this past weekend. He says uh, it says Reimer, who's in his mid twenties and sometimes appears on Kirk and Callahan show, called Brady's daughter an annoying little pissant. Man, that's my beef. The kid is five years old. Why would you do something like that? Like, why would you have... Like, how could you have the nerve to talk about a, a five-year-old kid like that? I mean, I don't know. That's To me, that's immature. Uh, I'd be really surprised if this guy keeps his job. Uh, I don't know. And So Brady gets on the show, realizes that this has happened last week. I don't know if someone told him right before and he decided he was going to come on there and let them know that's why he was doing it you know kind of set a tone with them to let him know that you know he's not going to take that stuff or he found out why he was on air or what i don't know what the deal was but my beef this week is with alex reimer there's no reason for you to talk bad about a little kid like that uh his daughter's five years old whether you like her dad or not it shouldn't have anything to do with how you report sports or how you talk about a show uh Keep that stuff to yourself, man. So, guys, I appreciate you guys listening again. Um, again, my Facebook Live this week will be on Thursday. Uh, I'm having a get-together with some of my softball friends on Wednesday, and we're going to watch the game out up at Roosters in Clarksville. So, should be fun. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy this episode and enjoy every episode. I, you know, I enjoy getting uh, I enjoy getting the stuff from you guys. Looks like the Pistons will send... Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, someone named Marjanovic, and draft picks to L.A. To me, that's way too much for Blake Griffin. But, oh well, side note, but again, guys, thanks. Keep liking, keep sharing. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. I'm going to keep pumping these episodes out. Uh, I talked to Bryant Northern again. I think I might have mentioned that the other day. He's agreed to come back on again. So I'll get that together, and we'll get some good episodes coming. So I hope you guys have a good week, and uh, try to stay warm. It is supposed to get cold again. All right, later.